Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that's a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I'm curious about the movies that change us. The movies that change us. So I was kind of toying around with this idea already, but living in Los Angeles, the writer strike and now actor strike is everywhere. You drive by and you see the picketers and a lot of my friends in the industry are pretty unsettled of what does this look like for a job? Um, if we don't get these rights, how is that going to affect us in the future? So it's very topical here in the specific space, but it's actually topical everywhere. Like movies are storytelling and it's obviously the new expression of that. But storytelling has been since the beginning of time. It's how we share who we are. And there's such power in that. And so what I was initially thinking is we all have a favorite childhood movie. We watched them growing up. It's just kind of our generation. But there was always one that you watched on repeat. Or there was always one that you memorized and knew. One of my favorite things on Reddit is there's this young woman and she was writing about how she had watched Shrek so many times that she had it memorized in her head. And that like on long car trips, she would just picture and play the whole movie of Shrek in her head. And that even her dad, like if he was putting her down to bed and she wasn't sleeping, he would yell at her like, stop watching Shrek in your head. <laughs> like we have it ingrained in us so much, but it's, have you ever wondered what drew you to your favorite childhood movie? Like, what was it about it? Was it the adventure? What was it the character? Was it the representation of yourself on film? So for me, my favorite childhood movie was The Little Mermaid. I, I just was so enthralled with it. And I never asked myself why. Uh, I just knew that I loved it. So looking back, I can kind of see the threads. One, she was so independent. She wanted to explore a life outside of her own and outside of what she knew. And that was totally me as a kid. We would go on tour groups, you know, of like, you know, museums or different spaces. And I would ditch my family and go walk up with the tour guide. I, my family didn't exist. I was now the tour guides, you know, apprentice. I wanted to ask, I wanted to learn, I wanted to lead. I didn't even really think about it. It was just, that's how I wanted to go on the tour. And then Ariel was also pretty disrespectful. And that's also why I was, it's, it's a weird, interesting thing is my mom let me watch the movie, but she wouldn't let me watch the TV series because Ariel was so disrespectful. And um, we had a pretty structured home, but I think I would have loved to be disrespectful more. I think I just wanted to. And I think I just had to be smart about how I was disrespectful. And it makes me think of my favorite quote of all time is by Pablo Picasso, which is, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. And that's always how I just, when I do things, I want to know exactly what the structure and what the rules are. And then I want to do it in my own way. And that was expressed in, I don't know if you guys had that one friend in school who was kind of like the friend who taught you everything that your parents didn't teach you and probably didn't want you to learn. And I had a girlfriend, I'm not going to name her because <laughs> I don't know if she listens. You were awesome. I'm so grateful for you, but I don't want to embarrass you. And she was like the first of our friend group to make out. And I like, 
she was telling us how it was. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Or she was the one to break the rules. And then you can just kind of see, like, is this the life I want to lead? And one time we were going to go see a movie and we didn't have enough money or whatever. She's like, it's okay. We can sneak in the back. And she told me how she's like, we're going to go to the side. I'm going to go in the entrance and then I'll open up the side door or whatever. We had this whole plan and I was going to the side and I just was like, I can't do it. I said, I, I vehemently feel so wrong about this. It's just, it's not me, but I don't think the story has to end here. Let's figure this out. There's a mall across the street. I was like, I have an idea. So we went to the mall and I went up to strangers and I said, we want to see a movie and I don't want to sneak in. Will you donate a dollar so we don't have to sneak into this movie and we can pay for it? And people were very generous. They saw that as very upstanding. We got dollar bills. We got $5. I think we got a 10. So not only do we have enough for movie tickets, we got some popcorn. We got slushies. I felt great about it. And we got to see the movie. So it's that kind of sensibility in me where it's like, okay, where are the rules? How can I bend them? I have to be in line morally with myself there. And obviously this is reading a lot into The Little Mermaid, but I think that's what movies do is they tell you about yourself. They help you identify with um, elements that maybe you weren't aware of. And I was a little girl. I wanted to wear the little Ariel Halloween costume. I don't know why, but my mom, like we had to wear one pieces growing up and I was like, oh my gosh, she said, I can wear this costume. I'm going to get to wear a shell bra. Like, this is amazing. I can't wait. I was like seven or eight. I didn't understand really. I just knew that like, I really wanted to wear a shell bra. And then Halloween came and my mom laid out my outfit and she put down a white turtleneck under it. And I was like, what? What? I thought I was getting away with this. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not going to let a seven-year-old wear a shell bra around. I was very disappointed. So I don't know. Part of me also wanted to just expand past the structure that I was in that felt kind of confining. And I wanted to just express something different than what I knew, which I still see as a pattern. But it's a good question to ask, what was your favorite childhood movie? But also it's a great question to ask, what was your favorite Halloween costume or were there a theme? Because I have a friend and she has three boys and we were talking about this and she was saying that her three sons have very different um, genres that they'll dress in each Halloween that she's seen the pattern. This is her theory and I think it's so, so brilliant. Her oldest son was like Peter Pan and Robin Hood. Like he wanted to be the savior. He wanted to be the hero. He was the oldest and the warrior. And then her middle son wanted to be the emperor from Star Wars or a stormtrooper. He wanted to be feared and he wanted power because he's like the smallest in his class. And he's he's um, he's shorter. And I think he wanted to have that kind of villain power. And then her youngest son dressed up as a daisy one year and then a unicorn and then the Jackson five and a glittery jacket. And he wanted to be cute. He wanted to be so cute and cuddly and he was the youngest and that was kind of him. So it's also think about yourself of what did you want to present to the world? What were the elements that you were to trying to tell people, hey, I align with this. This is me and this is how I want you to view me. Because in childhood, it's so raw. But taking it up to present day, we still do stuff like this. It's just not as obvious as a Halloween costume. And it's not as obvious as watching your childhood movie over and over again. 
But movies still play a role in that where I remember as an adult, I heard the song from Moana, How Far I'll Go. And I kept tearing up and crying. I hadn't seen the movie. I just heard that song and I was like, something, something is touching me. Something is resonating with that song that she's singing. And I watched the movie and it did deeply impact me, which is so interesting that these are also cartoons, right? Like it's not even humans. It's, it's the story and it's the journey that they're going on. And I remember a couple of years ago, I just journaled a stream of consciousness of what in this movie is aligning and speaking to me. So I thought it'd be cool. I have it written on my iPad because it was on a note I did in my phone. I want to read off some of the elements that I could pull from the movie that were just aligning in that time of my life. Okay, so I'm pulling up the notes of what I journaled. And one of the elements, I'm going to get comfy because this is vulnerable. This was my stream of conscious at like, let me see what time it was. It was like two in the morning. So she's assumed to be the leader of the people growing up that she knows, but she feels called to something more. So it's like, I can lead with pride. I can make us strong. I'd be satisfied if I played along, but the voice inside sings a different song. What's wrong with me? And I was writing like, what about that speaks to me? What do I feel that everyone expects me to be that I don't want to be? And at the time it was, I grew up in a church circle and everyone was like, the greatest thing you can do in life is serve a church, work at church. And I completely see the value there, but I'm like, I don't want to work at a church. I've never felt called to work there. Everyone's telling me it's the most important thing in life, but it's not what I want to do. And so I was feeling an internal turmoil. And then even her dad was saying to her, be who the people need you to be. And then I said, this last month, I keep feeling like I'm playing who people need me to be versus who I am. Like she would be an amazing leader there and she could do it well, but playing that role at the cost of being who she is. Like she had to defy her father and choose the role at the expense of that relationship, potentially severing it, but following who she was created to be. And then thinking about her dad is like her dad didn't want her to ultimately go because it was out of protection. He had tried himself to leave and he failed and his friend died, if you've seen the movie. So he assumed that she would as well. His intentions were good, but he had a limited perspective on her capacity and was projecting on her what she had what he had experienced. And so part of me is like, people who say that about the church, that's their calling and they're just projecting on other people and they think it's out of protection or good intentions, but it's maybe disregarding someone else's capacity. Those are kind of my internal thoughts. And then also Moana's grandmother. To me, that was a re representation of like the Holy Spirit of her grandmother never forced her to be anything other than who she was. Like when, when Moana was about to choose to be the leader of her people, her grandmother didn't try and convince her otherwise. She just decided to be there to answer questions, but never force. She gave her the option to go home. She would be with her either way. Like her grandmother would always be with her, but it always came from Moana as her choice. And then her grandmother said to her, there's no place you could be that I won't be. And so her grandmother was always with her, even as she grieves, like she voyages on. And that to me is like just that constant presence of the Holy Spirit. But to me, the ocean represented God of God was the one who romanced her and called her from the beginning. He's the one like the ocean placed the shell and allowed her to find it. 
and it played with her at her toddler level. It played with her at her age-appropriate um, stage of life, and it also never forced itself on her. It initiated the relationship and built it over time. Also, there was this huge crash that the ocean caused on her boat. She asked the ocean to help, and then the next scene is that storm that came from the ocean. So it's like sometimes we ask God for something, and it seems like the opposite response comes. But that crash brought her to Maui, which is exactly what she was trying to find. So even if she didn't understand the ocean and she was upset and angry by it, even scared by it, it brought her exactly to where she needed to be and it did help her. Also, the battles she had along the way, it was for her big mission and she learned to fight in those battles. The ocean didn't always step in. It was intentional for her to have those little battles along the way to the huge battle to learn how to sail, to learn how to fight. Like she could make mistakes and practice along the way. Sometimes she even asked the ocean for help in battle and it didn't help because she had to pull from within and learn to be strong. So sometimes even when I ask God to help me, he chooses not to in the way that I think. But it isn't ever because he doesn't have the power to, but it's because he chooses not to save me is because I'm supposed to learn something whether it's learning how to fight or how to communicate. It may even come in the form of a freaking boat crash and I can be angry and honest with him, but ultimately he's taking me where I need to be. And then there are other characteristics of the character and other observations is she's brave, but she also knows she has a lot to learn. She asks Maui to teach her how to sail. She continually said a mantra of, I'm Moana of Montanui, so identity. I will sail across the ocean and restore the heart of Tefiti. That's her mission. It's her identity first. And then her mission comes out of that. So I was like, what's my mantra? What's my mission? And she also continues on even without Maui, the person who helped her along the journey, mentored her. So the people you may start the journey on may not and cannot always finish it with you. She loves the sea and her people. I like that her going on this journey isn't because she didn't love her people. She loved them both. Also, it was saying your father will try and guide you and help you, but listen to the inner voice inside you. That's who you are. Other people come with great intentions, but I need to listen to where God is leading me as the loudest voice because my identity is ultimately in him, not in other people's opinions of me. She even asked herself, who am I? I'm a girl who loves my island and a girl who loves the sea. It calls me. So my takeaway is I'm everything I've learned and more. Still something calls me. Ultimately, she finds that the call from the ocean is actually a call from herself within her at all times because she sings this last line of, and the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide always falling and rising. I will carry you here in my heart. You remind me that come May, I know the way. I am Moana. And I said, I see that as I may feel a pull outside leading me, but ultimately I don't need to go out and find God somewhere. He's continually in me and calling me from the inside. He'll guide me and remind me that I know the way because I know Jesus. And this to me feels so tender because what it spoke to me is it reminded me of something that happened when I was like 11 or 12. And there was someone I looked up to. He was just this young kind of like youth pastor. And he was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be the president. And I was so serious. I was so serious. And he was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, 
Christianity is like ice cream and politics is like poop. And if you mix them together, it just ruins the ice cream. And that to me kind of like devastated me inside. This person probably, he was like 18, 19, just repeating what he heard, like disregard that. But for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have to choose between my faith and what I want to do, I'm going to choose my faith every day. I'm just sad that I have to choose. And I, I was so serious about that dream of being the president. I think it's because I love leadership and I love kind of the concept of that. But like I had scouted out what college in Virginia I wanted to go to. I had visited that college. I had a plan for internship. When I went to, <laughs> when we went to DC as a family, I had business cards that said, vote for me if you're still alive. And I handed it out to senators. I just can't explain how serious I was as an 11 year old. So to hear that, I was like, oh man, okay, I guess to please God, you have to work at a church. I, I love God. I'll sacrifice a dream. And it's so sad to hear that because I don't think I wasted 10 years of my life. I don't think I really meant to be president. But I'm sad that I didn't realize that God's the one who put that dream inside of me to go and do other things. And someone mis misled. It was a limiting belief. So it's also like, what are the limiting beliefs you have in your life that someone from like a casual conversation said that like you took weight on? Because to me, Moana spoke to me because I wanted to go outside. I wanted to do other things. I felt a call to go do other things. And I still deeply love the church and love whatever that community was to me. And I knew it could potentially sever my relationship if I was going to go and work outside, but I still needed to, and I'm still doing it. And I'm I'm so proud of myself for doing it. And I've been doing it for years now. And I feel so alive. I feel so in my calling. And the whole concept and the arc of this is movies talk and teach us about ourselves. They're written by humans. AI cannot create this type of storyline. This is a human experience. And there's power in that. And it's, it's taught me as a little girl what I wanted to present to the world. It's taught me as an adult wrestling with really deep, hard concepts that's seen in a movie from a cartoon character who's an island girl going off into the sea. Taught me about myself. And ask yourself, what are the movies that you love? I know some men who love Braveheart. You know, what is that about bravery and courage? What is that in you? Sometimes it's easier to see it in someone else and celebrate it there. But if you see it and you celebrate it, it's in you. It's accessible inside of you. And so I just love the power of storytelling. And I also want to open it up in a little bit of, I'm going to have my friend Mackenzie come. Um, and I want to hear about her childhood. I want to hear like what movie spoke to you? What did that mean? What Halloween costume? Because I think it's a good dialogue to kind of even ask your friends. Now a quick pause to hear from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Efficient Aid. offers fractional virtual assistants whose sole purpose is to help people who are making a difference. Are you bogged down in your email and still managing your own calendar? Delegating those tasks to a high caliber career assistant can free you up to utilize your time towards the areas of your best and highest use, allowing you to focus on the areas you truly thrive in. Learn more at efficientaid.com. That's efficient, A-I-D-E dot com. Okay, back to the episode. 
Okay, so I wanted to include my friend Mackenzie in this podcast. She is my friend here in LA. She is an event coordinator. She does brand development and graphics and creative design. And overall is just like a lovely human being. But I saw her, we go to the same gym. And in the morning, I was telling her the concept of this when I was toying around with it. And I asked her favorite movie. So I wanted to get into it, but it makes complete sense. Like with the back end of like, oh, it's who you are expressed. So first, welcome Mackenzie. Hi, Haven. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, tell us about your favorite childhood movie. Okay, so when you first brought this up, I definitely wasn't thinking that it had anything to do with like my personality. Mm -hmm. But then when you started explaining, I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) It's so you. It's so spot on. Um, So my favorite movie growing up was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a little bit like pick me girl, like oh, I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> I like, don't think the other girls. It wasn't Little Fair- Mermaid. Yes. <laughs> so Ferris Bueller's Day Off was always my favorite movie, and I just like I loved the story, and I like it's just it's just such a fun movie, and like that was pretty much as deep as it got in my brain. However, mm-hmm. um, I think now thinking about what I do mm-hmm. and thinking about just the way that I navigate life mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty it's pretty similar okay, to, break, break it down for yes. us so ferris is someone who is innovative mm-hmm. he's charismatic he's like people think that he's just a very like cocky whatever kind of like kid who's a punk whatever however he i think he's just very misunderstood mm-hmm. um and he actually cares very deeply about his friends and he cares very deeply about how he's going to move throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, wants to make sure that he's being intentional with, the th- like, where he's dedicating his time to, what he's learning, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that – and he's also – I would say he's a little bit delusional, but, like, in the best way, <laughs> where he's like, this – like, I'm kind of untouchable, but in a way that it gives him so many opportunities to learn and grow throughout his life while everyone else is being stuck at school. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to go with this prescribed living. Exactly. Like, there's clearly more out there. There's adventure. There's excitement. You guys are all so bored and yawning. (laughs) Yes. And so, well, I, and then I was also, after we had spoken about it, I looked it up. And so my Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP. Okay. So break down what that means for the, yes. Yes. E is? Extroverted. Okay. Um, Intuition. Mm Mm-hmm feeling intuition versus like sensing so sensing is like the five senses into intuition is kind of conceptual in your head yes um and then feeling and then perceiving feeling as opposed to thinking Mm -hmm. perceiving as opposed to judging so judging is like yes or no pretty black and white or decisive perceiving is like oh maybe i'll pack for the airport two days in advance maybe it'll be right beforehand yes so so and then i was looking it up and ferris bueller's would be um I think ENTP. Uh huh. There's a chance I I wasn't sure. I was like, we could very well be the same. But I think I am a little bit more of a feelings oriented person. So I'm kind of the more sensitive version. Um, and then if there's like one thing about me, which you know, I'm going to finagle. I'm going to finesse. I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to negotiate. I'm mm-hmm. going to get something for free. That's just how. No, you ball <laughs> on a budget. So this is totally my experience of you. <laughs> This is just like a shameless plug of like, if you have a wedding coming up, if you have an event coming up, like Mackenzie 
is your girl. She made it so seamless and so amazing. But also, when you talk about Ferris and his friends, mm-hmm. you did my branding for my podcast. <laughs> it was just an idea of where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to start a podcast. Like, I don't know what it would look like. And you're like, let's do it. It was already a we. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a you should. It was we are. Yes. And then you just like jumped in with both feet. And that's so, you're also an Enneagram too, which is a helper. And I'm like, this is so Mackenzie to be like, yes, I'm going to cut a deal. Yes, I might skip school. Also, I'm going to do it with my friends and have a really good time with it. Absolutely. Well, also, like at the beginning of the movie, Ferris is he's very much just like taking his best friend Cameron along. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not going to let you sit in this stage of your life. I'm taking you with me and we're going to have a great day. Yes. Rather than you living in your existential dread of whatever is happening in your life. So that's and like that's a lot of times what I do with my work stuff is there's people that are like, oh, I don't know if I can afford this yet. Like, I really want to make sure that it's the right move. And I'm like, no, we're going to do it now. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure it out. I'll put you on a very small payment plan. Like, we're going to do it now when Mm -hmm. you have the momentum and like the drive to do it and start it well Mm -hmm. rather than waiting until feels more comfortable I love that about you I totally are there any other points about the movie because those to me I'm like yes 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 all make sense I think that was it okay good (laughs) so tell me about your Halloween costume because that's like the second part is like okay that was your childhood movie how did you want to present to the world too okay so my Halloween costumes so my childhood Halloween costume it kind of it they're very random I can't say that I like always pick the hero or always pick the villain Mm -hmm. however I did figure out a recurring theme when I was taking notes for this episode Uh so I think like the first three years that I remember I was Hermione every year because my brother had a a Harry Potter costume and I was just reusing it so that in of itself the fact that that you repeated costumes you're like this one slaps I'm gonna do it again yes um it was it was a crowd pleaser it was great and then I did have an era where I don't know if you were aware or if this was a thing because I lived in a very small town, but we had like a duct tape era where duct tape was all the rage and everyone was making stuff out of duct tape. And I, being so entrepreneurial, I made it not only my whole personality, I also made a little side hustle when I was in like fifth grade making wallets out of duct tape. I was going to say, tell me it was a wallet because I know I had one. Absolutely. I was making duct tape wallets. I would do custom orders. I would do like team colors. I would buy (laughs) team colors. all of my money went towards, went to Walmart buying duct tape. I don't know. So that year, just to remain on brand, I made my costume out of duct tape, mm. and I was Tinkerbell. So I made like a Tinkerbell dress. Um, and then what? Sorry. But Tinkerbell, okay, that's also so you because one, you love Disney. Your husband works at Disney, and you guys go all the time. So part of me is like, oh, you've always loved it. It does. It does track a little bit, but also I think in my more so my mindset was like, what's one color? Oh my god. That I don't have to do way too much additional work, but I can still get the wow factor for strategy. Yes, literally strategy. And then I remember one year I was a teenage mutant ninja turtle, but it was like a child's costume that I my sister had cut years prior to fit her. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I repurposed that. So that was one. I was a stick man, so I like made it out of glow sticks and I just wore all black. That was a cool idea. And then I DIY'd a barnacle boy costume when I was in high school. So I was never going for the sexy Minnie Mouse, as you had for mentioned. <laughs> yes. But um, so my goal was more so to just like make people laugh and think that I was a fun person more than being cute and girly and 
whatever else. But also what I hear is so many you made or you repurposed (laughs) or you had a strategy. Like it's not just in like, what was your costume? It's like, how did you get it? Or you were the little sister. You had to repurpose the big sister. Like all of those elements (laughs) at play are there. Yes. You know, because I think like my favorite one of mine was definitely Little Mermaid. But I also one year want as (laughs) we were not a sports family. I'll Mm -hmm. say that it was like musicians and artists. But I loved, I was the only girl on the boys' baseball team. So I was like, I'm wearing my baseball outfit so everyone knows I'm the only girl on the boys' baseball team. It was like not a specific player. It was just myself. But to tell everyone. I love that energy. That's amazing. It was also so like not self-aware where I was like, yeah, like I'm the only girl. And also I made the MVP team and I had the only home run on the MVP game. Like just straight up bragging. Like, but and like, it was in the game, like under the guise of, oh, this is a Halloween costume. Let me give you my concept. No, I'm, I'm just going to hey, tell you, you how saw, awesome I think I you am. You saw you're in and you really took it. And I love that about you. <laughs> so it's just these themes of like, it's, it's about ourselves. It's all about yeah. ourselves of saying, what was I doing in my little kid brain that really was not as savvy as I thought it was? Absolutely. You know, what are these elements that you see the common thread? Like you have always been entrepreneurial. You've always been strategic. You've always been funny. You've always been a good friend. And you see these in ourselves through stories. And also I think it's tied into a little bit too about like the branding work Mm -hmm. that you do is I think my experience of you is before we ever started on, you know, what did I want from a logo or what did I want from this podcast? You're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. You're like, let's build this off of you. And I was like, that's a great question. <laughs> I was like, I'm really going to have to think about what this means. But you helped it too, where it's it's not just like, let's do an amazing logo. Let's do a gorgeous website. It's what is the humanity, the story here? And let's build off of that. What you were talking about with AI earlier too Um, is so interesting with how that, like, I know that obviously there's a lot of conversation talking about like how that's going to affect movies and how that's going to affect writers. And there's a lot of conversation about that in my field as well of design. And there's like all of these crazy things you can do with branding and Photoshop and graphic design and video editing. But the beautiful thing is that humanity is what creates a beautiful story. So without the heart behind whatever you're creating, it's just a product. Mm. And I try really hard to make sure that I am offering to people like a full product that is representative of them and aligns with their values. And like, so for yours, like who you are as a person, what is like all of the different conversations that are going to go into your brand are so specific to you. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that AI can create similar to movies and stuff. So that's what is so interesting to me is that storytelling is in branding. Mm -hmm. It's in Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. It's in movies. It's in everywhere. So thanks for jumping in and sharing a little bit more about yourself on there. I think it's so fascinating because the movies I asked on my Instagram, like, what was your favorite movie growing up? And it was such a variety. Someone said Tangled. Someone said 13 going on 30. Someone said Trek. And I hope it was that Reddit girl. I know it's not, but in my head it was. Um, I know my sister's is Wally. Someone said pretty in pink parent trap. I loved that one. I could quote that one all the time. You know, Meredith in the movie was like only 25. Like she was supposed to be only 25. And I'm like, she seems so old. And now it's, you also know you're an adult when you go back and watch these childhood movies and you like resonate with the adult's perspective. You're like, Oh no. Yes. Like you're also like, Dennis Quaid, absolutely. Um, yes, Vineyard. I almost said Vineyard Daddy. <laughs> Whoa. 
vineyard. I mean, Daddy. you go, Meredith. Yeah, if you can, you know, bag that, then even if it comes with two twins. Absolutely. Get that bag, girl. Get that bag, girl. <laughs> That's so funny that rewatching it, I was like, what's wrong with Meredith? I mean, she was deceitful and not a great person but yeah. she did not deserve the amount of hatred that we gave her absolutely she did deserve a lizard on a lizard on her head though <laughs> but these movies like they're conversations they're enjoyable things so i really appreciate you coming that is the end of this episode because there's really no questions to come out of this the main questions are like asking your friends and finding out like who were they as kids and who are they now? So I think that's the fun kind of concept of it. But thank you for listening. You can subscribe on YouTube. Smash that like button. I just, I can't even say it. I can't. It feels so not me to do the YouTube things. But I'm going to anyways because I know that's how it gains traction. So like, subscribe, follow. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Haven the Podcast. Um, all my stuff is also on my Instagram as far as Q&As. But if you want to submit a longer form question, you can email hello at havenpod.com. Submit some topics there. But also, you know, maybe after you've marinated on this, send me what your movie was and what it said about yourself. I would really enjoy reading those. So thank you. And I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>